0: Hey everybody, it's Sean here, uh, editor of this week's Scanner Rinse episode on The Walking Dead, and I uh, just wanted to give you a little heads up. We thought that we could get the episode in under two hours, which is what we usually strive for, uh, and that ended up not working out at all. The full episode is about four and a half hours long. Um, so what we decided to do at the last minute was to uh, chop this episode into two halves, and um, So what we're going to do is we're going to put this one out and then air the rest of the episode later in the week. Um, Also, I had to leave at the end of this episode, so I disappear for the second one. And, uh, yep, so sorry about that, and I hope you enjoy uh, The Walking Dead. Thanks.
1: Volume 2, Issue 66, The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, a hugely successful comic series created by Robert Kirkman, a popular TV show, and now supposedly a gaming sensation. Does Telltale's interpretation of the zombie apocalypse live up to the much-built hype? I'm Tony Atkins, and joining me on tonight's show is James Carter. Oh. Joshua Garrity. Hello there. And Sean O'Brien. Hello. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we say this on every show, but this game in particular, I think it's it's important for us to point out, there will be spoilers. Now, this game is a thirteen, basically a 13-hour s- story adventure, so we may inspire you to play this game if you haven't played it before, but honestly, I would recommend that you just spend the time, you spend the money, you play this game, and you come back to this game after... Uh, Once you've you've finished it, come back to this podcast and listen to it, because the spoilers will, I think, actually ruin some of this game experience for you. Surely I'm not over exaggerating, on my guys. No, no. Well, we we talk
2: about a lot of games on this show that have, you know, stories, but I feel like story is so central to this game Mm -hmm. that if you ruin it, then you kind of ruin what the experience is all about. So please go and
1: play the game first and if not then you're going to hear basically what the walking dead is about and a few huge spoilers along the way right now this is a bit weird for me because i've come to the walking dead uh, uh a quite late period because as i've mentioned there it's a it's a really popular comic series by robert kirkman it's a big tv show yet my ex- first experience of it is playing the game the walking dead um I've heard a lot of people talk about the comic book, and I've heard so many people go on about the TV show, certainly about how the second season wasn't any good, and the third season's finally brought it back together. But has anybody here actually read the comic books? Uh,
2: I have. Um, in fact, I'm almost up to date on the comic books. I've got a few volumes that I haven't uh, read, but I'm pretty up to date. Um... I really love the comic book series um, for a, a similar reasons that a lot of people uh, love the video game. It Because it's about characters, it's about putting people in tense situations. The zombies could be replaced by anything else. It's, mm. it's about the people. Um, and one of the reasons why I like the game so much, um, relatively... When I compare it to the TV show, I think it's a better adaptation because it captures that feeling the comic book had better than the TV show did for me. That said, I haven't seen the third season. so It's kind of strange in that respect, isn't it? Because um, we usually think of TV
3: versus film or video games as being very character-centric and yet... It, it, it seems like the response is yeah it is almost the op- opposite where the, the the game does a better job reflecting the way that the, the comics treat character um i've read uh, I think six or seven issues of the comic book, so just enough to get a, a flavour for it rather than really sinking into what the story is is all about in, in, in the long run. But uh, but yeah, the, the, the game's a pretty decent reflection of, um, maybe not quite as grim as the comic book, I would say, but uh, just the situation and putting characters in an interesting bind and seeing what they do and how they respond and how they interact which I maintain is always what uh, the best zombie uh, in, zombies in pop culture are about. The zombies are incidental. It's about people destroying themselves, mostly.
1: So the comic book's been around about ten years then?
2: Yeah. It, well, it takes a while to make those comic books. So um, <laughs> okay. it, it's, um, I think it's going to be interesting... Um, as the TV show and the game, because I'm assuming they're going to do another uh, season of the games, because um, it takes a lot longer to get those comic books out than it does to create those TV shows or create the games. So I've, I'm wondering if it's going to get to a point where um, the uh, TV show and the games start
1: making up their own fiction about this universe. so uh, So, so what are the crossover characters though? Is uh, I take it the primary cast that feature in The Walking Dead: The Game don't feature within in the comic, or is there one or two crossover characters?
0: Some of them do. Lily, uh, Lily's in the comics, right? Lily's in the comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: she's
0: Um, in there. Glenn.
2: Um, uh, Glenn is uh, Herschel. Herschel and yeah, yeah, as far. Uh, anyone else I'm trying to think I think that's it yeah they they pile them on early on so fans are like oh yes this is Walking Dead and then (laughs) later on they kind of get rid of them so we can concentrate on the characters that we actually care about in this story and the TV show Uh, The TV show is a direct um, adaptation of the comic book, so all the characters in the comic books are in the TV show, but they do take a lot of liberties with how uh, characters meet their... um, I was going to say something spoilerific there. (laughs) Um, They take a lot of liberties with the directions
1: characters take. Okay, so moving on to the main attraction, Walking Dead the game. Now, who's familiar with Telltale's back catalogue? I must admit... I'm. I've played a few. So I've. I've done Wallace and Gromit. Now that is a very different <laughs> game experience yeah. than The Walking Dead. Um. I've messed around with uh, Sam and Max. Uh, trying to think of what so else. You, you don't kill any children in those games. No. No. <laughs> okay. no not so much. No. Um, um, I'm Just looking through there. Uh, I've played CSI.
2: <laughs> a bit Which? of Back to Future. <laughs> With my history with them, is basically that they're a very interesting studio with a lot of good writers on their staff, but their games have always been kind of middling for me. Mm-hmm. They've never done anything that's grabbed my attention the same way Walking Dead uh, did. And also, um, the game that came out before Walking Dead, which people forget, was the Jurassic Park uh-huh. game, which got reviewed terribly, you know. Everyone ripped that game mm-hmm. apart, so I, and it had
1: some of the same concepts as well.
2: Yeah, and it's it wasn't surprising then that going into the Walking Dead game, there wasn't actually a lot of hype for it. People forget that now because everyone you know drools over it. But when that game came out, everyone was like possibly expecting it to be
1: terrible. Well, I mean, when I think of Telltale. I- I, I always ultimately think they're the ones that actually got episodic content nailed down and got it right. Um, you know, you may question that some of the, you know, how great some of their games were, but you know they've been good at getting uh, their product out, their product out on a you know bi-monthly basis. I, they're not so great at hitting release dates. We all know that, but the fact that they've managed to do it in some. Um, competence when I'm, I'm thinking back of so many other companies which have tried that and actually failed half-life always comes to mind <laughs> well, the, the, so
2: many have failed at it we're, so, we're gonna we're gonna bring this up later but the thing is like they they have managed to release games on a, like maybe not on time but at a certain like they have a schedule and they seem to um keep to it uh but I do think the games suffer a bit because um, as as the games progress, the gameplay part of it actually gets worse and worse. I thought um, not as bad as some of their uh, earlier titles, but when you compare um, the. You know the quality of Episode One and Episode Two. You know Half Life. There are years between those games, but like both of them are really polished experiences. Whereas mm. Episode Four and Five of The Walking Dead have issues and glitches and so
1: forth. Mm. Well, but it's a long way from the point-and-click adventure that they they kind of built their bread and butter on. True in, in Some, I mean, you have free free movement of the character, which is something. So, yeah, I I agree, Josh, going into this. um, You know, you you look at The Walking Dead now and it it features on many a top 10 um, Game of the Year list and in many cases it's at the very top of those lists. Uh, And we certainly, I don't think anybody was expecting Telltale to pull off that feat after, you know, the pretty diabolical Jurassic Park. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think for it to have made it,
3: on to, you know, so in so many ways to have, to have earned a lot of plaudits for for a company that has been around doing much the same thing for quite a long time and always being a, quite a sort of well-thought-of company and, and making series that are successful. For it to have exploded the way it has and really shone a light on what Telltale do um, really speaks to the surprise that it was, I think, for everyone. Um, it I don't think they could have expected it either in all honesty um to to hear uh the the sort of lead designers speak about it um they almost just felt like they were just a little side project for you know a long time in telltale uh, just sort of pulling strings to get this game put together um and Therefore, for the, the sort of company as a whole, it's got to have been a big surprise just how much this took off. Um, and now that they've they've sort of commissioned season two, it'll be interesting to see if they sort of, they extend the scope and size of of this game or or leave it sort of at the at that sort of smaller uh, more. I mean, there's two guys sort of in charge of this whole thing, Jake Rodkin and Sean Vanaman. It'll be interesting to see if they're allowed complete authorial um control over this in in the future. I hope so.
2: I think Walking Dead kind of, not just not just Walking Dead, I think 2012 in general kind of uh, proved this, but um Walking Dead kind of represents like this seismic shift in the industry where downloadable games are just surpassing the AAA stuff and like I hate the Spike TV awards. But the fact that The Walking Dead won Game of the Year at the Spike TV Awards, I think says a lot about how this industry is changing. That a downloadable game, an episodic downloadable game that focuses entirely, almost entirely on narrative is winning those kind of awards. It says a lot.
1: You think some of it has to come down to the fact that The Walking Dead... License was attached to this. I mean, yeah, if this it's, featured it's, oh, something, yeah, but, definitely part
0: of the zeitgeist. You know,
1: zombies from outer space, and and the plot was as good. You know, we would all hope that maybe it would push to the you know, the forefront of gamers. But I think having the license, such as the Walking Dead, which is hugely popular before this game was made, I think that that probably and zombies once again. You know, we always say we're done with zombies, no more zombies, and then out of nowhere, 2012's game of the year features a heavy dose of zombies, although I agree with you, Josh, they're really just a background aspect of what the game is, but, you know, they're there nevertheless.
3: Yeah, they are. Um, it's, It's quite a strange one, because to see... This game is almost incidentally downloadable and incidentally episodic. The important thing is, and it 's almost incidentally a walking dead game i mean we 've already said the the number of crossover yeah. characters it 's not a direct adaptation it 's much more of a, an adaptation in terms of tone and and style than than anything else um, so would it have been as well received and as successful if it didn't have the Walking Dead name on it? Probably not. But would it have been as good a game? Well, I would argue yes. the the It's it's the quality of the writing and the quality of the mm-hmm. characters and and the um the story that really drove this game to the heights that it achieved. I think.
1: I would also say that you know, bring up the adaptation aspect of this. It, it's probably good that they didn't have to stick to any. Script that allow them not to kind of wander off from the characters that had either been killed previously, or you know, it's just no, you you must do this. So if you had already been a fan of the comic book or the TV show, you could just read how these things were going to play out, and you probably wouldn't have had the impact that you know it finally does. You making new, fresh decisions, even if it's within almost the same setting, but they are you know different adventures for these people. I, what I do want to ask, I mean, I I came to this game quite late um all five episodes were out when i actually finally sat down and played it um i played the first episode loved it to bits thought it was amazing played the second episode wasn't so keen on that and then decided uh i brought the third one and then uh uh babies arrived my <laughs> well, life changed somewhat so then i i ran out of time and and it's just one of those things that got pushed to the back burner for me so then once that had come out i thought well i kind of missed that i might as well wait until you know four and five come out because the, the waiting side of things was frustrating to me so you know when i finally said okay we, we're going to be doing this show for cane and going and sit down and play all five back to back and that's exactly what i did i went back to two episode well yeah, episode 1, and played them uh, over the course of two two different nights, so almost two different sittings, and played them back-to-back. And you know, through, there's some tough tough decisions in there, so the time I got to the end of it, I was pretty mentally drained. I'm not too sure whether that's the great or the perfect way to play it, um, <laughs> but I assume you guys played it uh, in, in piecemeal, and probably the break between episodes. One gave you a time to kind of... Uh, I, I soak in.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> what I,
1: happened? I know what
2: you I I know what you're trying to get at. Yeah, no exactly. Um I feel like the break benefited the
1: game. Also you got because, the hype around that as well. Yeah, so like, yeah, the anticipation yeah. of the new episode coming out.
0: They, it's like five announced dates or five release dates announced a year like each time everybody gets excited.
2: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and because you know the game like it's a fascinating game but it is a depressing game to yeah. play and so uh, having like four hour chunks separated by a month or two months was i think benefited the experience because it allowed you to just you know recover yeah. and then dive back into this depressing experience whereas um i i don't know if this was the case with you tony but i imagine playing it all in one chunk was quite a
1: draining and depressing <laughs> well, I mean, experience. What you don't realize, and I think a lot of people, you know, they, they, I think they, they feel like the game is actually a fairly short game. But actually, if you take all five episodes and stuff them together, it it's works 15 out. Hours. Yeah, 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 it works. You know, thirteen to fifteen hours worth of gameplay. And actually, when the majority of the gameplay focuses around decisions and storytelling, I mean, we've always said this, you know, more storytelling. But you know, the gameplay part of it. Is actually quite slight. That you do find yourself becoming quite mentally drained, certainly after you know three or four hours worth of sitting down and and making you know one big decision after the other. But saying that, you do feel maybe that you're you're more in Lee's shoes because you know all this stuff. You can kind of feel it's not quite happening in real time because there's months that pass and stuff. But you know you you feel like maybe you're more in the moment rather than coming back, you know, thinking, oh, who's that person?" But then after playing episode one um and coming back to it you know six months down the line i still remembered every decision that i made um and still carried on doing the same decisions so you know it's one of those games i think you can almost repeat verbatim what happened in them because each you know the, the decisions you're making are so powerful i think
3: that's the interesting thing is i i played episode one on xbox and then picked up episode two didn 't play it and waited uh, another couple of months before I decided i 'd pick it up on p c and play through on there instead so and when I replayed episode one like you, Tony, I remembered all the decisions I made, and I had no compulsion to change any of those. They felt like those were the decisions that I made at, at the time, and they were they felt right to do so um and I think that's the important thing. When we talk about having a gap of two months, the decisions and the the story stick with you. And the stuff that may be over the course of 13 to 15 straight hours would get a little, not annoying, but certainly would wrinkle a little bit. Um, that fades away. Um, on the other hand, having the two-month gap I found it meant that it took 20 minutes or so to get back into the mechanics and remembering how everything works and it's not a complicated game by any stretch but it, the the sort of giant um, reticle on the center of the screen and remembering which buttons what it, it's sometimes not as clear as it could be when it comes to switching between your various options
1: well, um, i think i think in an ideal world like a, a fortnightly the reason release schedule would be perfect for this type okay. of game but you know that Clearly it's never gonna happen because of the production. Yeah. Unless they create it all at once and then drip feed us like that. But you know, imagine a good T V series dripped over two month intervals. Oh, I
2: I like the idea of that to be honest. I like the idea of a game that they make all in one go but yeah. just gradually release it over a couple of months. Um
3: Capcom
1: it, tried it'd be interesting was, to uh, see
2: on the DLC it didn't work out so well for them. <laughs>
1: Yeah
3: but that's on this <laughs> Yeah but
2: so. I mean like pay for it pay for it all yeah, 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 like yeah, in I'll one agree. go. Yeah. Like I did with The Walking Dead on PC, mm. commit to the whole thing and then just gradually release it. I think
1: yeah. that could be an interesting concept. Well, before we actually start talking about the episodes and you know there there's a few issues I wanna bring up. I've I've heard a lot of people talk about bugs in this game. Um, yeah <laughs> i don't know whether it was because i sat down and played over two games. i actually didn't experience any apart from one where uh katiana's trying to uh hug duck uh by the train and she's basically hugging thin air there was nothing in there <laughs> apart from that i i didn't experience any bugs but i've heard of all sorts of glitches in there and save uh, save corruption issues yep. and a I few think, people yeah. not even be able to progress even past certain episodes
2: I think you benefited because you played it much later than everyone else. You benefited from the patches that came out um, afterwards. But certainly for me, when I played, because you know I was excited to play the you know the next episode, so I was playing it the same day it came out. You know there were all sorts of bugs. I I forget which one was the worst one for bugs. I think it was episode three. Um, possibly, where like yeah, um, Lee rough. suddenly decided to run um, uh, <laughs> uh, horizontally instead of vertically <laughs> at one point, which was quite hilarious and completely broke me out of the experience.
0: In that same episode for me, on the um, when you're on the train towards the end of the episode, uh, the camera started panning out of the train, just while you're talking to, to Clem, and it kept panning out and panning out and panning out and panning out, like just <laughs> dialogue still going. And, yeah, stuff like that. I had the, uh, save bug, um, glitch happen to me on the second episode. So it didn't remember any of my choices from the first episode. And it, it's really upsetting because that's like the main attraction to the actual game part of The Walking Dead. You know, yeah. the idea that all your choices are going to progress throughout the series. And so I didn't feel like, I, you know, episode two came out and I wanted to immediately play it like Josh did. And, uh, it said, "Like, well, well, we're gonna just make up all the choices for you. Then, if you want to just keep going, or you can replay the first one." <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "All right, well, fuck it. Go ahead and you guys make the choices for me." And it made um, Kenny turn on me, even though I supported him in the first episode. So from oh, there on, yeah, it just it changed a lot of stuff. So it was a lot of big stuff like that. That was really unfortunate.
1: So that's just an. i I'm. I'm gonna give him the benefit and doubt and say that's an unfortunate side effect of sticking to a tight release schedule. Sure. Yeah, it could be.
2: Oh no! Absolutely. I was willing to forgive them because um, what they were accomplishing was really interesting. Uh, but still, you know, it was when your game is focused on choices, <laughs> when the game yeah. forgets your yeah, choices, yeah, yeah. it's a bit horrible. I mean,
3: it, it comes to something when the the number of bugs, like we've just mentioned, the the glitches in game people don't actually remember i mean we can recall them now but they don't actually remember them affecting the experience terribly but the one that people remember is the save game that went wrong Mm -hmm. that's what when you're making this sort of a game you have to get it right i came across something similar it wasn't a a, uh the typical save game problem but uh, i changed pc so i played uh, the first two episodes on one pc and then skipped over onto a, a new pc and it's quite a laborious process to change your save file over. Mm. You have to boot the game up and then actually start an episode, go in and delete it and put your files in. And, and there's this sort of heart and mouth moment where you've got to restart up the game and hope that when you go there, it recognizes that you've played the episodes so far Um and that that's the nature of PC gaming but when it comes to both on consoles and PC people's save games just being you know effectively dumped um that they if there was one thing they had to get right that was kind of it mm-hmm. um, and it's unfortunate that it didn't quite work um it is good that they they ironed that out but yeah replaying yeah. the entire episode 1 when you really want to get on and play episode 2 is um is is a problem
0: yeah. and and this might be jumping ahead a lot but uh, when the choices they they really don't matter that much in the overarching story of the game, so it didn't really impact my emotional experience or reaction rather. But it it was a big bummer at the time.
1: Well, you you say they don't. I mean, they, no. It, it's hard to explain The Walking Dead without necessarily going through you know right, beat yeah. by beat. But. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of smoke and mirrors that happens within the game. You know, choices that you think are life or death. Really, you know, in fact, there is only one person that can survive in those situations. Yeah. Hopefully, um, through discussing each episode, which we'll do in a second, we'll um, we'll find whether that is true or not. But in, in many circumstances, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on. But even somebody just saying, "Well, you did this," and if that was false to what I, you know, certainly set out to do or has done previously, and I lost that same file. I mean, that is emotionally. Upsetting to me because that wasn't the choice I made. And if somebody's accusing me of something, even if it wasn't a life and death situation, you're like, well, hang, that's not me. I think that would just. Basically, we would have sat there and rubbed me up the wrong way. I would have gone back and, yeah. and probably restarted and played the first section again, yeah. which you should do. That's, okay.
3: a- that's exactly the problem that I had with uh, Red Dead Redemption and Ellie Noir. Was that in in very specific instances, the characters weren't reflecting the choices I had made and the things I had done. Um, mm-hmm. no, that's not, a, not those aren't games where it relies on on binary decisions for how the the minutia of the story are going to go, but the. the the scenes I was watching didn't reflect me as a character and it just lifts you out. And in this game, exactly the same. I can imagine for Sean, seeing Kenny react in a way to him that wasn't what was expected based on mm-hmm. the relationship that Sean was developing, whether or not that affects the major story points further down the line, it affects the the emotional investment. And the argument will always be that even if through smoke and mirrors or just through roundabout ways, Everything actually kind of pans out the same it 's the emotional investment you put in the choices you are making um, that 's what makes it your story, whether or not it changes some overall arc or not um, the The beats the the important decisions you 're making bring you into these characters and make you understand your characters, even the first scene with with Lee you can actually through the choices you make in terms of talking to the police officer, you can actually present yourself as quite a different character even if the fact that you're still going to crash the car, or the police officer is, Mm -hmm. that will still happen no matter what you say, so you're you're not directing the story, but you're you're so it's like uh, you're moulding your character right. in, into that story, and it won't affect the grand scheme of things, but it will certainly affect how you feel about Lee and how you feel about the people around him.
1: You have soft power over the narrative, yeah. not yeah. hard power over mm. the narrative. I'd be like coming to, to Mass Effect Three um, and saying, "Well, I'm not too worried about my first two save files. Yeah. I'll just, yeah, I'll just start off a new, fresh character, sure." and then be upset about all the decisions that were made, and you're like, no, I saved the Krogan. Uh, okay, well, so what is Walking Dead? What do you actually do in it? Um, as I said before, I really think you should go ahead and play the game, but if you haven't played the game, let's just give a quick rundown. Um, is it a point-and-click adventure? Is there many adventure aspects to it? Is it merely you move a character around and make story choices?
2: I think it it has... a Adventure games clearly influence this game. Like there is a lot of point and click adventure game in here. Um it doesn't mechanically work that way, but you are still finding items, you know, to solve puzzles and so forth and so on. But there's also a lot of, you know, um dialogue choices and stuff like that. So for me, Walking Dead owes a lot to, you know, stuff like Heavy Rain, yeah. although I think It's weird because in a lot of ways, I think um, Heavy Rain is technically more impressive, but Walking Dead is far better
1: written, like in every regard. Actually, I mean, one of the things making the comparison because I was thinking Heavy Rain when I certainly first jumped into it. I, not to get on the Heavy Rain, you know, kick in here for a (laughs) second, but I always felt one of Heavy Rain's biggest uh, problems was it it was never easy for the player to do anything in it so the controls were obtruse Mm. just for what felt like no apparent reason for being so like well you know you can do this and to move you need to press this button and like you know, years of evolution of video games pushed forward on the control stick, and new character moves on screen. But Heavy Rain, no, we're going to try something different, and it felt like that wasn't an area that needed innov- innovating. So oh, yeah, what what I liked about certainly at the start from Walking Dead was the fact that it wasn't trying to innovate how a character moved, and it was you know, it, although it felt like a point and click adventure certainly in the, in the first few scenes, we were like, okay, well. If I point the metal, well, you can do this on the PC. If I point the mouse over there, he'll will click and walk over there. But it felt much more at home on the controller. You just pushing the control stick around and, and driving Lee around the protagonist. Uh, that, but it, it felt like a you know myself doing it rather than constantly struggling with a control system that made no sense and breaking me out of the experience.
2: Oh yeah, no. When I say technically more impressive, I just mean that Heavy Rain runs without. You know, exploding every once in a while. <laughs> um, but uh, the voice acting is better
0: in Walking Dead.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, what what I meant by it owes a lot to point and click is like it's not it's not a point and click game, but a lot of the stuff you do in the game is you know, taken straight <laughs> straight out of that genre. Um, but for me, the the core of the game and the thing it does better than literally. anything any other game is the conversation system mm-hmm. like um i think alpha protocol is yes. like a close second for me um the problem is that game does nothing else good <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> um but um w- but w- one thing i really liked about walking dead is that you have conversations with groups of people mm-hmm. like how many how many other times have you done that in mo- like in mass effect you are having a conversation most of the time with one person, with a couple of characters who will chip in with something to say, like it, like Garrus might make a quip. But in this, there's, there are scenarios where you're just having this four-way conversation with a group of people, which feels much more, you know, like what real life is like. How, like, I... There are very few occasions where I'm having a co- like an intense conversation with one other person. <laughs> it's usually a large group. There's,
1: there's a lot of incidental dialogue like that, so it's not. Yeah. Just, you always. Find, I'm, I'm, I'll bring Mass Effect up as a, a comparison because that you know has a conversation system that many people are familiar with. But with that, it's it's let like say it's very much one on one. Or even if it's I'm going to help out this bystander, it's I have a problem. Can you fix this problem? Here is the <laughs> problem. Where a lot of the times it's you you come into it's like the 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 herschel farm area in episode one you come there and it's not you're presented with a problem you're presented with a group of characters who you can just talk to sometimes you, you know you can choose to talk to them or not choose to talk to them if you want to explore you know who who you know um Ten years, a bit deeper. Um, you know, you should go off and do that, but the game doesn't necessarily force you to, to sit there and do it. And it's just incidental. It's like, oh, how are you fixing that car? Oh, you know, how did you get here? How was your trip? Um, I mean, if. I'm sure you're all like me, who needed to to go to every single person, yeah. and explore every single dialogue option, yeah. and, and find out about the backstories of every single you know incidental character that maybe come across the screen or not. And I I kept thinking to myself, I could I could really speed this game up and and kind of just focus on what seemingly is the the major points I should be doing, but. I never wanted to. I, I wanted to know about these characters. I wanted to know, like, why was this person angry to me, or why was this person sad around others.
2: Also, um, this game does another thing that uh, it owes to Dragon Age. Um- Anyone who's played Dragon Age knows that uh, that game doesn't have a moral choice mm-hmm. system. What it does is it bases your choices on the way characters perceive you as a person. And e- even though there's, like, Dragon Age literally had a bar that tracked whether characters liked you or hated you but in th- they don't have this in this but there is a clear sense that your choices affect how your party perceive you as a as an individual instead of a bar at the top of the screen that goes blue or red well and a lot of that's
1: done tonally isn't it as well it's yeah. not you know it's not just through different dialogue options it's do through different you know aggressiveness of of the voice or kind of disappointment that you've uh, you know done something kind of previous scene
2: yeah it's all subtle there's not like this you know system that's telling you how well you're doing because honestly i i I, what i like about this game is that is the idea that there is no right choice Mm -hmm. like everything is kind of messed up like no matter what you do somebody loses it it may be the lesser evil but ultimately you're still making a choice that harms somebody
1: yeah the paragon and renegade isn't really um,
2: well it's, it's not representative of real life because uh, no. when you're put in those situations it's not as clear cut as that <laughs> it's never as clear cut as that but but also when you've got the uh, Paragon
3: and Renegade as we've already said or Tony said it, it, are the touchstones here and in that situation you, you've got Paragon which is clearly the good choice Renegade which is clearly the bad but ultimately the arc of Mass Effect as a trilogy doesn't change that much Despite the fact your character is wildly different in terms of relationships with other characters, whether you're good or or bad. And that kind of doesn't make sense. At at some point, it would have made sense for the renegade shepherd to say, screw this, I don't want to save the universe, and have that be a valid choice. But it's not, because that's not the story they're telling. Whereas in, 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 in this game... The different choices you have are all so grey that there isn't really an opportunity to be this saintly Lee that should be able to save the world and cure the the zombie outbreak, and there isn't this devilish Lee who should just shoot everyone in the head and take what they've got. Th- those aren't the choices you are given. The, oh. the story, the overall narrative, is going to stay the same no matter what, and it's about you just finding your path through it, which is, a, well, I think, I, a different I guess way of, of talking it. through
1: these episodes. We're going to find out. How people reacted to different, uh, you know, serious situations, mm. but of a, a general art for me. I mean, I I, I generally play any of the games like this. How I would try to do it in real life, but this one in particular actually got under my skin. I I always felt that actually Lee Everett was um, a persona of me. Like I, mm. I really felt that I was inside the game making those choices. Some of it's down to the time pressures that they they put upon you, but a lot of the times I was I, I tried to be that that kind of 50-50 good guy like i understand your plight but you know we need to work as a team and sometimes yeah. actually that can lead into to serious consequences or disaster because a 50-50 approach of well, you know i'm sure i think we'll be okay and mm. you need to understand their side can actually be a life of death situation and yeah. when those come up and they that and you, you know you're looking for your 50-50 chance and it's actually just this or this make that decision that's actually yeah. i found that to be really gut wrenching because it was like uh, uh, neither of these are a great decision <laughs> and like you you said Josh um dragon age was was great at actually bringing that into the forefront i always feel like mass effect is kind of uh, runs for a diluted system i would say The problem with the moral
2: choice system is and especially with Mass Effect is that once you've decided how you're going to play it you just always pick the Paragon or Renegade choices. Whereas
1: with this I always feel like Oh I don't know which one I'm going to choose. Well, did any like of you I'm I'm uncertain. Go down that route. Did any of you just think sod it I'm going to play like a complete paragon or renegade lee? I mean no. is that No. No, oh, no that that no. was
3: that was my point that you can't. can't it's yeah. literally two decisions into the game especially when you get to the point where you're trying to uh, to deal with Kenny and and Larry. By the time you get to the pharmacy, there is no good option because you realise if you try and sit on the fence in that situation, it's not going to work. And therefore, you side with one or the other. And it, it, I suppose that yeah. it, 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 there there is no paragon o- option there. You know, it's just here's a real life situation: two people literally at each other's throats, and you have to try and defuse well, I, the situation. I guess
1: then the renegade option. To me, would be, I, you know, I, I liked Kenny and I tried to help him along the way. So, I guess if one of you guys didn't like Kenny and then tried to, you know, fuck him over a number of times, then I'd be saying, you renegade bastard. Right? But, but only by virtue
3: I, of comparison to your game, because you in, in yeah, their that's, game, that's yeah, the thing. that would have yeah. been the, par- the Only It's only paragon by virtue of the fact that that's what each one of us decided to do. That makes yep, it a paragon, s- I think.
2: I'm so glad that at the end of every episode um they decided to give you the stats of uh, who yeah. made what decision because this this game is an interesting examination of your moral compass yeah. like h- what you consider good and what you consider bad um because none of these choices have a clear answer so the choice you give it speaks a lot about you as a person, I think. Like I was, quite frankly, we're going to talk about this later. Sickened that I was in the minority in certain moral choices <laughs> yep. that I thought, that I personally
1: thought was clearly I, like the right decision to make. I had a couple of twenty-three percent, and I sat there at the end going, seriously, seriously, the S- human race is a bunch of assholes. Is what I've that. learned. Uh, and, and that's the great thing. I mean, I, I've had a, a few conversations with my, my good friend Paul where, you know, we, we've had long conversations about the reasons that he chose a, a something to do, where I chose something to do, the other. and it becomes like a passionate argument. Who was wrong and who was right? But ultimately, there is no wrong or right answer to that. But to hear his reasons why he did something over the reasons why I did something was just so interesting I mean it's one of those things where it's definitely you could take the the results of this game and actually run it as a social study maybe maybe that's what they're doing maybe tell, that's how telltale are making their money like a little well I mean backhand or
3: somewhere they've they've sort of uh, several times said that their aim with this game was to have a 50-50 split for every mm-hmm. decision so any of those decisions where where we saw a split that was sort of five or ten percent Deviated from fifty-fifty. That's a decision that they consider they did not present well because it swung too far, um, and it
1: should have been a fifty-fifty split. So, well, and and that comes a few times. I, I think yeah. There's a lot of talk with that within the first episode about um, who you save in the shop. Yes, and, you yeah. Know, should we
2: should we just jump yeah, straight let's in let's into, episode let's, let's into
1: episode one? Let's get into episode one because I mean, what I do want to touch on is a lot of people I've seen a, a lot of correspondents about. You know, is can you class this as a game? Um, because, you know, ultimately you don't do too many game-like things. There is some solving. There is a few puzzle-solving elements to it, but not a huge amount. And you could argue that majority of the time you spent on the game is actually just dialogue choices. But I think that in itself can be classed as a game. I mean, you could argue that um, Asura's Wrath has an, a similar... Idea, but I, you know, I don't think that the choices are as grand, and I don't think they're as varied. But you know, that is within that, and there was plenty of conversation there about whether that was a game or just really a uh, an adventure that yeah you were making just one or two choices. I
2: th- I, th- I think increasingly the word game is kind of an outdated term for what we consider games these days because you think about something like journey and then like pac-man championship edition dx like the only thing those two games have in common is that they're interactive like that they are wildly different experiences mm-hmm. and for people to just say well this is a game this is not a game i don't think that's really fair because ultimately walking dead is interactive you do have an effect on how okay. it progresses. Um so yeah, for me it still counts, but I I think people think of the way people use the word game a lot of the times I think is really outdated. I I, I think it is, but yeah, my, my only axe to grind is is people saying oh it's not really
3: a game and that's a negative Apparently, a negative connotation. I, I don't uh-huh. see. It it makes me think that that um, there's there's a very precious notion of what's a video game, and anything that steps outside of those boundaries, uh, because it doesn't have a fail state, for instance. Uh, and in The Walking Dead, I think the fail states are are something that should have gone, in all honesty. I, th- yeah, I think I those yeah, those yeah. destroyed narrative far, far more than, than anything else I can think of. Um, but but the idea of Prince of Persia 2008 not having a fail state, meaning it's somehow not a game, if we're that precious over what a game is, then find it, find a new <laughs> word. Because <laughs> in all honesty, it isn't that important. It's whether whatever kind of interactive entertainment it is, whether it does something interesting. And that's where The Walking Dead's... It, hands down is is something that
1: I want to is, to, to play in and and, is it, and be involved with so. is it more of a fear that you know it's pushing more towards film or written literature that you know we you know we, we've we felt that games you know we, well we know what a game is um, you know I think all of us here could describe what a game is but you know you look at this and you know it doesn't necessarily follow that same route but you could argue that you know it, it shares more With films and more of literature, yes, there's an interactive element. Yes, you can't change the story of a film or you can't change the story of a good book, but it feels to me closer to that than it does a traditional well shoot. I mean, the problem is we know that The Walking Dead now exists as another video game, and that's a first-person shooter with a gun. So, and the the thing is,
2: (laughs) I think a lot of people like. Just culture in general, human beings like to think in extremes, Mm. and when something new and shiny comes along, they think, oh, this is the future. This is going to replace everything else (laughs) out there. But and I think part of the reaction to stuff like Dear Dear Esther and Walking Dead is down to the fact that... um, uh people are afraid that this kind of experience is going to be the only experience people can have with video games Mm. the reality is nothing ever truly replaces anything and everything always comes back Mm -hmm. so what what's happening with games now is they're diversifying nothing's replacing anything it's just that games are becoming more different from each other they're becoming more interesting and and they're different games catering for different people you'll still be catered for but another audience is being catered for as well
0: honestly the parts where it gets more uh quote-unquote gamey are the worst parts of the game like the first person (laughs) shooting segments are terrible and yeah yeah yeah. kind of it's good that it tries i almost
2: i i almost wish it committed to just being a dialogue choice kind of uh adventure game type thing where it just like i like, the adventure... Not the adventure. The action parts of this game are just not fun. Right. Um, yeah. Even in as early as Episode 1, I didn't like any... Like, I'm trying to force this conversation into Episode <laughs> 1 <laughs> so we make progress. Um, But, like, the, the bit at the Like, the stealth bear at the end of Episode 1 I found really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just...
0: Or any, like, any time it, where you have to kick a zombie in the head, you have to move the mouse cursor over or it just yeah. gets really yeah,
2: finicky. It's... It's just really like I would rather the game just presented me a quick time event of like the X button, so I could just continuously smash the zombie's right. head in, rather than having to target its head every single and, time and because weird it was frustrating. They, sometimes
0: they actually do that very thing, you know.
1: We have to yeah, hammer yeah. on the X button
0: and then hit another button just to get out of a situation.
1: Now, some of those sometimes they're, they're immersive and you know, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't mind some of the game elements because you know smashing the head in in, in episode one of the babysitter. Oh, was that's normal, great! Yeah, you know. <laughs> sure I want that taken away from me. So anyway, <laughs> episode one, A New Day. Um, we meet Lee Everett for the first time in the back of a police car on his way to jail after killing, supposedly killing a man. Now, Lee Everett, what a fascinating and brilliantly written protagonist.
2: <laughs> I, I, He's one of my favourite game protagonists ever. Like That sounds extreme, but to be honest, there aren't that many well-written game protagonists, <laughs> so I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, just... One thing I really hate about games is that they almost always the protagonist in most video games is a Mary Sue, somebody who's perfect, like somebody who's like brilliant at everything but also at the same time is kind of badass and cool Mm -hmm. and edgy. And that really annoys me because the most interesting characters in fiction are ones that are kind of crap, like kind of... Not crap as in the quality of the writing or the character, but just... They're a, they're a flawed human being right, and yeah. what I like about Lee Everett is that yes he's a likeable person you know he's pleasant but he's not perfect like he's clearly has a history where he murdered somebody and it's not like this conspiracy like in a, in a lesser piece of work they'd weave it into this kind of conspiracy oh, oh he was framed like uh, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't really him he was set up but no no Lee killed that guy <laughs> it, you yeah. know, there's yeah. no doubt in anyone's mind he did that the, and that just makes him more fascinating absolutely the Aww. fact the, the debate
3: isn't over innocence or guilt, but over, um, whether you can sympathize with his, not reasons even, because he doesn't, well, certainly not excuses, but whether you can sympathize over his situation and the circumstances that led him to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the character that, that immediately came to mind for me, not because of any comparison other than pointing out the differences, is Marcus Phoenix. You, you meet him, he is in jail for something he did, but inevitably it's because he is a, a he's a hero and, and chose to do the morally right thing and landed up in jail the guy and, and he's a, basically a super soldier in all but you know all but name and he, there's just nothing interesting about him as much as they try and put in father issues etc etc nothing interesting about him at all he is simply a vessel to yeah. chainsaw and gun down enemies and lee everett there's
1: so much more there just even from this opening discussion in the Uh, police car um the the fact that he is african-american and it's not actually really brought into you know into any context it's just you know that who that's who he is Hmm. the fact that telltale was brave enough to actually do that i mean back to what your point josh about all these different characters that we've actually played through you know add add an ethnicity Aspect of that, and suddenly, like the pool becomes even smaller. And then, you know, whether they are, you know, whether they draw upon that ethnicity in a, you know, a positive light or even just a light, um, is smaller again.
0: Yeah, some some people had a problem with that too because it was the first. You know, you're you're controlling a black character, and he's in the back of a police car. So some people had well, a lot, little well, bit. Well, maybe right at
1: the very start, but sure, yeah, yeah. But
0: yeah, but the thing
1: is. That yeah
2: but the the problem with minorities in video games is that they often use their mi- minority as the defining mm-hmm, part yeah. of their character, yeah. whereas it should just be a facet of their character rather yeah. than the you know the sum total of who they are you know the, the, His race is brought up a couple of times, like for instance, there 's an argument with Larry Uh-oh. where you can accuse him of being racist, but like it 's not there is so much more to lee than just him being black um and like having recently played anarchy Reigns, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. which is just like the other extreme end of the spectrum <laughs> uh, it just you know yeah yeah basically lee everett is a really fantastic character yeah and,
3: and the other thing is i mean we can we can say and i'm in in danger of of probably crossing some lines here myself but um we can say, okay, a a, a black person being a, a criminal that yes, that's absolutely something that that is a stereotype that perhaps should have been avoided. But he's also a university professor. And the absolutely, the yeah. circumstances around his crime are are much more complex than than it being a, a simple case of him being a street thug or anything like that, you know. There's there's no uh There's no bones about it. This is a very intelligent, well-read, well-respected man who it was a shock to everyone in in his community. and, And you can only imagine the heartache it must have been for his family, who we never unfortunately meet, you know, before well before their demise, um, it, you can imagine the shame he must have felt at knowing how his family had to to still walk around the town where he grew up with everyone
1: knowing what he did and who he was um, yeah interestingly his his crime is brought up a number of times throughout the game, and it either used as as leverage or something that he should be ashamed of but as, as you get deeper and deeper into the experience there, there's this blurring of lines of like, does it really matter anymore? You know, so yeah. many, you know, they, they've essentially killed so many people, whether they be alive or dead though. Like, is there, is there a uh, distinction between those two things? And you kind of, at the back of your mind, go, like, yeah, I think that there probably is like, these are just shells of people I'm killing, but yeah. it, it's amazing how many times it kind of gets brought up. And, and by the end, you kind of feel like, you know, has he redeemed himself or, you know, does he need to redeem himself for the, the crime he's committed? I don't know.
2: Well, they bring it up several times in the game that like who people were before this mm-hmm. catastrophe almost doesn't matter because everyone's a different person. Um, And that's another thing that should be brought up. How many characters in video games are different people (laughs) from the beginning of the journey to the end of the journey? Lee changes as a person Mm. Mm -hmm. as this game progresses. Marcus (laughs) Phoenix doesn't fucking change. He's the same arse. Like, they attempt to do it in Gears of War 3 where the spoiler thing happens. But he. Like, by the end of the game, it's almost like it never happened and Mm. it wasn't that big a deal. Mm. So. I, just the you know we're going to keep saying this all the way through this episode. But the quality of the writing here is so far above most.
1: Uh, and I think all of them have have that experience. You know, Kenny is a bit of a, a hillbilly when you first meet him, but by the, the end, like so many pressures and decisions have have now weighed on his mind. Same as Tatiana, yeah. she's a thet. Um, you know, and you know, but that's you know her. Eventual demise, I suppose we're in mess with but eventual demise is that much more powerful because she starts off as just this gentle, caring person that loves her husband and her son. Mm-hmm. And time that she feels like she needs to, to pull the trigger on herself, you feel like you've been through the ringer of her. You understand yeah. that decision. It's a yeah, horrendous it's decision. Devastating. But yeah. at the back of your mind, you can maybe understand how she gets there and, uh, and yeah, you
3: know, the wake of what's left behind I her. I love the conversations you have with her where you really start to see, not because of anything that's said directly but you start to see the the complexities of her relationship with with Kenny she she recognizes his failings as a as a man but she she loves him and respects him and cares for him absolutely in spite of him you know it's very much a a realistic husband and wife relationship
0: yeah, um, and, and, well, and her uh, dad is made that much more devastating when you see her starting to lose uh, her control over him and her understanding of him yeah. when you tell her, I don't know if you guys told her about uh, uh, him killing Larry, but when I told her that you just see the shock in her face and th- like that was kind of like the moment I could mm-hmm. tell where she yeah. had decided to, to finish it
1: She's out of here, yeah. yeah. Right, and so... Okay, so let's get on to episode one properly. Now, Check. I don't know how to approach this. I have got pretty <laughs> much the entirety of the episode one written down in some sort of, like, major major form of the events that happen. Yet, I'm more interested about the bigger decisions. You know, I, I could take you a blow by blow of what actually happened in story-wise within that, but I'm going to assume you're going to played this game. Once again, go play this game. Um, bias there for my summary at the end. Um, so... What do we want to tackle? Do you want to tackle what they they class as the major decisions? Or do we just want to pick and choose um, sections from each one of these breakdowns of the episodes?
3: The major decisions are going to be uh. the most telling thing about, about how we felt about the story, I think. Um, and probably the first one is um, once we get to Herschel's farm, uh, it may be worth our while just saying that it, up to that point... It's certainly coming out of the police car is just is just learning to deal with the mechanics of the game um mm-hmm. and showing you the plight that you're in as as Lee and, and then meeting Clementine I thought was fantastically well done. Um
1: I want to okay, I want to know whether you said you're her babysitter or her father. <laughs> I said a oh, neighbour. The-
3: um I, I i i there's an option i can't remember what it was but it was basically just no i'm just some guy basically i went with truth pretty much is was what i took that to be um when i, I when, went
1: babysitter I, Reg, felt, I felt like you know that's a more of a responsible answer to everybody that asked you know yes hmm. i have some sort of relationship with this girl but i am not clearly i'm not her father hmm.
2: I said neighbor yeah. because it felt the least like a lie. Um <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um but while like also seeming less you know weird because if i just say i'm some guy this girl messes everyone's just gonna go okay all right um but like if i say i'm her neighbor then oh okay but then i can say well where i said neighbor i just meant uh i was you know a part of the community i live
0: in the same city (laughs) yeah
2: yeah um but um yeah Early on, I did actually quite lie quite a lot in episode one. Um, I did lie quite. A bit. I lied to Herschel. Um, but like as the game progressed, I felt I felt I found that honesty was the best policy. Yeah. Um, like just telling people straight up, look, shit, be fucked up, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I made some. <laughs> bad. Let's deal with it.
1: I-, I made some huge lies towards the back end of the game, <laughs> thinking, well. Sometimes you need to lie to save other people, right? That's
3: training for fatherhood, folks.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, my attitude
2: towards it was: it's better that everyone finds out now because yeah. it will be so much worse if they don't find out from me. Like at yeah. least, like if I tell them that something shitty's happened, they'll have my respect that- and they'll trust me. Yeah. But if I don't tell them and they find out themselves, then suddenly I become. Like public enemy yeah. number one, if you know what I mean. Nobody trusts me. In Why the group. upset the
3: herd when that's, they're okay? That's absolutely <laughs> that's crystallised uh, actually in the middle of the game, effectively in, in episode mm. three, because um, y- you are encouraged. Well, at least I was right. encouraged because Carly was still alive for me to yes. to tell the truth <laughs> about who you are to everyone and just get it out there because there's a threat that Larry. Um, might have told someone, and if if they find out, it'll be worse. Um, and so you're encouraged to tell everyone. And, and it, as it turns out, I actually checked up on this. It doesn't matter either way they find out, and and exactly as as you've just said, uh, Josh and Tony. If you try and keep it a secret, it comes out, and they they despise you for it. You know, yeah, the game mm. will still go on. You'll still have a relationship with them, but they take that news very badly. Whereas if you've I think Kenny takes it worst of all when you tell him what you did he mm. does hold it against you but most other people say look this is about what you do now not what you did then and yeah. and Lee's uh, crime before, before the game started becomes less and less uh, mentioned and significant as the game goes on uh, I, I don't seem to remember by episode 5 it being mentioned much at all uh, in all honesty, because by that point everyone knows and that's not what's important anymore. So
1: So the first tough I say the first life or death decision is the one presented to you, do you save Duck or do you save Sean? They're repairing the fence, hmm. the zombies attack. Uh, both of them get grabbed by I mean, they actually refer to them as walkers in this, I think, don't they? But let's go mm, with zombies yeah. for time but, um, the zombies attack and so did you make the choice of trying to save the kid or did you make the choice of trying to save Sean? <laughs>
2: Uh, this seems like a monstrous decision. In, re- in yeah, retrospect, I feel like a monster, but I went to save Sean because, at, in the moment, it seemed like he was the most in trouble. Um, ultimately, he dies anyway, so. You monster. Mm. <laughs> but, like, yeah, save duck- the kid. Uh, it looked they're both they're okay. both kids in I mean my, Sean's def- not exactly
3: you know he's he's teenager in my
2: defence it looked like Duck <laughs> could get out of there alright but it looked like if I didn't help Sean he was dead so my decision was I made the decision because I thought okay Sean needs help right now mm-hmm. Duck I could save after turns out it was irrelevant yeah. um duck was gonna uh, live either way yeah. and in retrospect i feel like okay duck's actually like a young kid and, and maybe yeah. i should have <laughs> saved him i, I but, really
1: um, maybe this is some of this you know new fatherhood bursting through and you know maternal <laughs> pride and all that but uh whenever it came to kids i, I always made the you know what i felt was the correct, correct choice save the children so i i saved duck um <laughs> And Sean died, and even on my second playthrough, I, I mean, I didn't know whether Sean would die or not. But on my second playthrough, I made that that same choice. Duck is is the one to be saved. You know, Sean is just uh, you know an unfortunate yeah. guy. Shouldn't have been standing by the fence.
2: <laughs> the, the, the thing it does affect though is the way Kenny views you yeah. as a person, because Kenny hated me for a while. Whereas I, I, <laughs> I I'm sure why. for you, <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'm sure for you, he, you know, he welcomed you with open
1: arms after that. Well, you know, the, the choice between letting his kid become a little snack for a zombie. Or, you know, me trying to save it. you know. Yeah, well, of course he liked my me. Only about there. you, Sean?
0: My only question there is, where the hell was Kenny? He comes running in really late. <laughs> <laughs> Far for the,
1: father of the year. Yeah, well, there he goes, too. <laughs> uh, so, Sean, you went with...
0: Oh, I picked uh, Duck. <clears throat> because, again, like you guys were saying, I thought you could save both of them. And they actually kind of account for that. And that's why I think this is one of the best um, decision choices you can make in the game. Because... Uh, you, you've, we all felt like you could get both of them, and mm. when it's all said and done, you can say to uh Hershel, I thought I could I did, say yeah. both of them, yeah. and he says, "Well, fuck you, my son's well, dead years." It's a,
1: actually a real early sign of the game. It's a, a bit of a reality check for the player that you know people are gonna die in this. You know, yeah, I think yeah. like everybody here, I felt that. You know, I could save both of them. It was yep. probably down to my timing. If I could do it quick enough, both of their lives could be saved, and I was completely wrong. You know, it wasn't, I mean, in this case, you know, Sean was always going to die, um, but I didn't know going into that, and I tried to save Duck and Sean and, and was you know, horribly mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah the, yeah, the
3: notion that you can try and save both comes up again with um, Carly and, and Doug at the pharmacy, um, and by that point, I think you've kind of realised you can't save both, yeah. ever. Um, well, that that and, one's a
0: little tougher because they it says at the top of the screen, save Doug or Carly. Like, It's, yeah. it's unfortunate yeah. that you can't.
3: Um, but in this case, I think the interesting thing is this is what we were talking about earlier, where you have control over that decision, but the decision you make between Duck or, or Sean won't actually affect how the game progresses in terms of right. story beats. The next thing that will happen is Herschel wants you off the farm and Kenny will mm-hmm. give you a yep. lift into to mm-hmm. Macon. And that happens either way. But it mm-hmm. makes a very big difference as to how you feel about yourself and how we all view Josh right now. Um, but... <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I, just, you know, I just, man, My fiancé did the same thing. She yeah, no, Duck was uh, really annoying. So,
3: <laughs> well, and and looking at it, you know, Josh is absolutely absolutely right. You know, uh, Sean's plight seems much worse, so it seems like that's mm-hmm. the thing you should deal with first of all. But also, yeah, he's a kid, but Duck caused that situation because he was mucking yep. around, and, yeah, okay, and also, uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't mean he deserves to die. Obviously, <laughs> but but it might mean that you feel more sympathetic towards sorting Sean out, given he was just there working and
1: got and crushed of course, by a, a, a tractor you know so um, in a zombie apocalypse J- uh, josh is probably actually going to be the one that survives right, because yep. he makes a wise choice of a, you know young fit capable man <laughs> rather than us with a kid well yeah, yeah, so know,
3: um, as a as a lifeguard i've done lifeguard training and um and the rule there is you save the person who can be easily saved first and the person who's in the worst situation leave them because they're already yeah, in a bad situation. That, that's <laughs> that's decision making. And, and you you know if there's someone who's in a little bit of trouble but not too badly off, you get them out the pool first because they could always get they could always deteriorate by the time you've tried to save someone who's already you know too far gone, as it were. So there's arguments can be made either way, and I think that's the the beauty of this decision is it does not give you the time to weigh all of all of the information you have up you just have to go with your gut and you feel horrible about it either way afterwards pretty much
1: right let's let's push our way through this episode so we can get on to the other stuff so um we move on to uh the everett pharmacy where we meet lily larry doug carly and glenn um a few interesting characters it would be fair to say um, duck gets shot outside of the the pharmacy well actually no duck a zombie gets shot on top of duck and many people inside there larry the most uh, virulent assumes that duck has in fact been uh, bitten but of course he hasn't he's merely got blood on top of him now larry he's an interesting character isn't he yeah <laughs> What a likable man. <laughs> he's he's one of many characters who's
2: very hard to like, mm. but I think is so important that his presence is there because it reinforces the message of the Walking Dead experience that people destroy themselves, mm-hmm. not the zombies. Um, and I think his react, you know, as much as I hate him for it, his reaction is you know, completely yep. natural and understandable. Like, he, the kid's covered in blood, zombie blood. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is possible that he's been infected and he's going to, you know, turn into a zombie at any moment. Uh, of course, anyone who knows anything about The Walking Dead fiction knows that that's not what turns people into zombies in The Walking Dead. Mm. But, um, uh, yeah, his reaction is um, perfectly logical. And I... It was weird because I was trying to manage this. I didn't want him to kill the kid, like, but I felt... Because I knew Duck wasn't bitten, so there mm-hmm. was definitely not a case where I wanted to kill the kid. But I didn't want to upset these people who live here because, you know, these guys set up shop here and we've come along and invited all this nonsense. So I was trying to be the diplomat in
1: that situation, but it didn't really work out for the best. <laughs> well it's a it's a high tension situation as well because there's a lot yeah. of people it well the game does once again once it's it's not like mass effect or anything i've played before the game does a really good job of confusing the player there's so many yeah. people talking there's uh-huh. so many dialogue options being thrown around there's a timer mm. a lot of the time actually on the dialogue options you know sometimes it's, it seems as little as three or four seconds to make choices and occasionally you're not in full control of of your senses, you're like, um, that, yeah, sure, that, no, that, um, did I, I didn't really mean that, so that's led <laughs> me to here, uh-huh. um, and now I'm trying to dig myself out my own hole that I've created, even though I wasn't trying to do that. But then that is real life, that is, yeah, you know, people yeah, put yeah. you in those positions. Questions aren't as formulaic as good, bad, you, you know, you oh. are going to have to, you know, justify the, like you say, the reason why Duck is there covered in blood, mm-hmm. um, and if you don't do a good enough job, I, I assume Duck can't be killed in that situation can he no he can't. major story ramifications <laughs> but uh, this is one of the problems i have is i haven't gone back to play this game um because i felt like the story my story had been told i mean you hear that a lot about games you know developers saying play it once because you know that's the story that is your story they did that with heavy rain um and I, I really feel like in this case, you know, that was my story. In fact, when I went back and, and listened to, like, um, different podcasts talking about it, like, I, like I kind of got uncomfortable a little bit about, well, that's not my, you know, it's interesting to hear the decisions, but that's that's not my Lee Everett. My my Lee Everett does this. Um but, you know it, it's fascinating to hear you know why you don't like children josh but it's not my <laughs> ever wait, wait 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 i was defending the child at that
2: point don't you start with that but no so anyway
1: larry larry is um you know he's an aggressive man he's he's, he's a very large um comes across as quite aggressive he has a, a heart trouble so he needs medication which causes issues throughout the game for him um lily is his daughter um who you know clearly is very defensive of his, of her father. Um, but that you can see there's a soft side to her, but it's almost like she's on a leash with Larry. Uh, and you know, understandably, you know, cares about her father. Um, well, they're they're both
2: very highly strung individuals, uh-huh. and yeah. in that kind of situation, being highly strung is really bad for everyone else. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you need to be
1: able to calm down well, and have Lily a level head. Just wants to take control. Like but clearly, in a lot of these situations, you need a leader. And she decides yeah. that she will be that leader with, the, you know, her, her barking dog next to the side of her father. Yeah,
2: yeah. but she she let her, she lets her emotions get the better of her all the time. Mm-hmm. And, when, and you want a leader who is almost purely logical. Like, I, that's why Lee later on becomes, well, for me at least, becomes a leader. Uh, because Lee is capable, well, my Lee was capable of diplomacy. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. she is just my way or the highway. Yeah. Especially later on. Apart from she doesn't want to take the highway a lot of the times.
3: But but I think (laughs) that's the interesting thing at this point. Um, Lily, backed by Larry, is making a a bid to lead this group because when you meet them at the pharmacy, no one else kind of wants to take Mm -hmm. charge. So she is assuming that role partly because no one else does and partly because that's in her nature and probably her father is pushing her to a little bit uh, in a subconscious way. But the tussle at this stage in the game is actually between Lily and Kenny and that, that continues, uh, until, uh, episode three. The, the tussle is very much between them for who should lead the group. And as, as Josh has just said, rationally you want someone who, well, rationally you want someone who can be rational to, to lead a group and can make the cool decisions without letting emotions get to them and making snap judgments based on, uh, based on emotion. Um, uh, But, but that's not what you have the option to do for the first half of these five episodes until Lee does start to become more and more the leader, especially once Kenny is basically emotionally just numbed, which is the sort of last two episodes of the, of the game. Um. So yeah, at this stage, Lee is never the leader. He is always the diplomat. He is always trying to find the a solution as well. Yeah,
1: and we have Carly, Glenn, and Doug. I, we'll probably cover some of them a bit more later on. So I want to move through and get some more of these tough decisions out of the way. Um, you head to a motel. There's this is where I think the gameplay part falls down for some people. I was talking to um, the Link's Defect on, on Twitter about this and he had a horrendous time trying to work out how to navigate through um, you know whether you needed the, the pillar and what the pillow did and the ridiculous nature of that um, if you throw a, a spark plug through the window it actually doesn't make any noise. Um, like, what? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but like, I mean, the, the gameplay kind of does get, feels like it gets a little, little bit in the way of the storytelling here. Um, I, I think we should use this
2: opportunity here to talk about all, all, of, it. Yeah. all yeah. of these kind of sections of the game because I don't think we really need to touch on it again. Mm. But, yeah, I, I don't like the almost forced kind of lengthening of the game just because the game does such a poor job of telling you where shit is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, did, how how many of you were just stuck for ages figuring out that, the thing that you needed was outside. like Because I spent ages searching <laughs> inside before I realised, oh wait, I have to go outside.
1: I forget what it is that you even needed. What was it? There's a pillow, there's a... Um which you need to, isn't it? You shoot one of the people Yeah, yeah. silence. In order yeah. to
3: trigger going to the motel, you have to go outside at the pharmacy to right. spot yeah. that the, you think that maybe your brother sat outside and to spot that there's some TVs mm. there, but you don't really do anything with any of it until you come back inside. It triggers you to go to the motel and it does seem like it's a little bit of you just have to go and explore everything and eventually yeah. you'll trigger mm-hmm. something, but it's kind of aimless at this
1: point. After doing that section once, I, I even the second time I was like, well just like here's use your dad's cane to get the brick. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. just do that. And I I spent like five minutes trying to like no that's not gonna work. Yeah. Even though that like, I previously I'd done before and I realised that you couldn't actually do it. I was like, oh of course yeah. you need to, to progress past this. I mean that's that feels very much this like is a is very, yeah
3: a much point and click where you're not really sure, so a just bit of a bit of everything until something sticks.
1: But the gameplay, aspect it's a really weird one. I feel like they need to be there to add something a bit different to the day, the game other than um, just the talking aspects because, you know, that, that had tension with there. I mean, you were trying to rescue the woman from the top of the motel. I mean, if you were to do that, it was just, you know, that would be very point and clicky. If it's pick up this, do that, use yeah. that there. I mean, you know, I, 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 would, <laughs> I felt okay about the inclusion of that stuff. It's just a shame that it was just really loose. It just felt, yeah. none, none of it ever felt tight enough.
3: Yeah, I think a good example for me is, um, so you're behind a wall to start off with at the, at the motel with Carly and, and Glenn, and um, you shuffle around behind a, is it a, a motorhome, a mm-hmm. caravan type thing, um, and you're stood at the end of it and a zombie starts coming towards you. I failed at that point because I didn't spot the the prompt that 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 showed you the timing for when you had to to interact to stab the zombie with the screwdriver i think you've got at that point um and that just showed me that when it tra- when this game tries to do what is sort of standard gameplay mechanics it it's not built for it it it's not giving you the feedback you need it's not giving you the information you need that you would have in that situation. I would know when the zombie was getting close cuz right. I'd be able to hear it and see it and the p- partly the art style I think didn't help in that case. It was difficult to tell when the zombie was getting to the right spot. But I was trying to judge it based on those things you would use in real life when actually it's just spot when the prompt changes on your reticle mm-hmm. and and go with that. So it feels very mechanical rather than you know the conversation we've been talking about is all about how organic for want of a better word it all feels now natural and the the gameplay side the the action if you like never feels natural to me um
1: well it's not like you either then carry out the action so even though you're controlling um scenarios within those sections so you have the fire axe you take the fire axe and you kill the people the zombies with it it's not like you're you're the one swinging the fire axe you know it's Although I think it's a button press but there you know, it feels like the animation takes over fully at those points. Yeah. It's not you in control of Lee at that point, it's just an animation routine that's kicking in. I mean sometimes it works better than others, so such as, as you know, at the very start of the game when you're you're killing um actually even within this episode we could talk about where you're killing um your brother with the axe to the to the neck and chopping his head off. Like that is powerful. And I needed that uh-huh. to be within that. And I think the decision of just you know, taking the key card away from him and and maybe pulling a cliff down on top of him, whatever, or burning building onto him, wouldn't have been as powerful as me actually doing those actions. But those actions were mostly guided by huge amounts of animation. uh, And when it strayed away from that and actually kind of made it a bit more real-time, I think it's when it it got itself into bigger trouble. So the major decision within this motel area is... uh, the major choice in this area is there's a girl that's locked herself up in, to, in top of the motel room and she's actually been bitten by a zombie uh, she doesn't want saving but you break down the door and you'll then present the choice of l- shut the door, kind of let her kill herself or you know, shut the door and just walk away or she requests the gun that is in your hand and you have the choice to let her use the gun to kill herself or refuse that and walk away I mean I chose take the gun yeah, I gave her the gun. Yeah, I did as yeah. well. I
0: did not give her the gun.
2: Why? You monster. <laughs> I Mercy killing. You, Sean.
0: A, you gotta save the bullet. And B, I, I had a real emotional reaction to that. Like I just for some reason I couldn't do it. I didn't want to watch that. And um <clears throat> do you guys know what happens if uh if you don't? <laughs> I guess if, mm. you don't, no. if you, yeah. No. Well uh, she um if... she Sorry, wrestles you, with could... you. Yeah. yeah, she wrestles with you, and you fall off the ledge, and then she ends up with the gun, and, sh- and you watch her shoot herself. And Glenn uh, freaks out and vomits, and then for the rest of the time that he's in that episode, he's totally shut down.
1: To much the same reaction when I, mean, I just chose to to have that situation. You know, it's I hard, isn't it, talking about those reactions? Because I mean, I I just I felt. Sorry, I mean, if that was me, then I could understand why you'd be begging for that gun. And yep. I, I guess I, I put myself there and said yes. I mean, but like you say, maybe the bullet was worth saving. But you know, <laughs> I, it's humanity I, here, people.
2: I think for me, I, I put my, because I know what I know about the Walking Dead fiction. I know uh, this shouldn't be a spoiler for anyone. I don't know if it's different in the TV show, but in the Walking Dead comic book, they make the point that there is no cure whatsoever, like none. There is no escape from being a zombie. So I thought, in that situation, it
1: was the lesser of two evils. But one, to me, a lot of a lot of decisions came down to humanity. You know, yes. Yeah. The situation that you, you're facing, all the people here are facing, is horrendous. Um, but if you lose a, ch- a sense of your own humanity, in this case, you know, her wish was to kill herself. I understood that. So, you know, I had the means to help her fulfill that. Then the the human side of me was, well, okay, as much as it's difficult to watch, and it was, that it was the right choice to make. But
2: But... <laughs> I considered it almost like euthanasia, though, Mm. because she was in a situation where she was terminally ill and she's going to die anyway, whereas there's a situation later on where a character begs you to let them die, where in that situation my stance is you shouldn't let that person die otherwise... I don't understand your motives for doing that. Um, <laughs> I know,
1: exactly like what you mean.
2: Yeah, um, and I was... Sh- that's one of the decisions... We'll talk about it later, okay. but that's one of the decisions where I was like, what? How can all you people...
1: Okay, never mind. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, so... Um... You need you need to get to the pharmacy. Blah 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 blah. You end up killing your brother. They don't make that as a tough decision, and I kind of that was the biggest, the most impactful decision I had in the game, which was killing your own brother. I mean, yes, it, it's Everett's store. I mean, you assume your your mother and father have been taken. Um, there's blood everywhere. Um, there's a picture frame of you within that. I thought that was quite a powerful scene. But the fact that you know that is your brother, and all you know clearly he's turned the corner to and become a uh, a zombie, and you know like you say the humanity at that point is drained from people but that was still your brother that's still a huge decision for him to make and I don't know about you but I went the full hog and actually chopped his entire head off a number of times with the axe and I don't know what that says about me but I felt like if I was going to do it I was going to do it right (laughs) On, on, t-
2: to be quite honest i wasn't actually too moved by that scene but i think it's mainly because i only get moved when i get attached to characters mm. and i wasn't attached to lee's brother so it was just like okay choppity chop <laughs> chop
0: chop, chop. God, um it, it might um also depend on the things you say to him before you do it like you can choose to say silent of course but like one of the options there is to say i'm sorry and yeah when you say that it's really heartbreaking just his voice acting, you know, Dave Fenoy is really good and he just, he's really, he, he sounds devastated by the whole thing. And, and so that yeah. whole sequence, yeah. depending on whether or not you choose to say, you know, you're sorry, can, can really affect how you feel about that moment.
3: Absolutely. This, this is a moment where they want you to, to feel the, not necessarily emotion, but feel the, the numbness that Lee must have to try and put himself through in order to, to do that. Um, it's an odd one because Josh, I think you're right. You, you you don't feel anything for that character. That's just a zombie that happens to be there with you know, with a with a, a cool emotionless head on. That's just a key card you need, and if you're willing to to or feel the need to put this zombie out of its misery in order to give yourself some peace, then that's what you do. But the thing that got me was that. Lee apologizing to him again, um, mm-hmm. going back to what I said earlier, it, it's not about apologizing for killing him now he's a zombie, it's about apologizing for for Lee returning under the cloud that he's under and what he must have put his brother through and his brother stuck by his parents when, when Lee let them down um, and that's what the apologies for. Um, and that thing's quite powerful. It, it, I didn't feel for his his brother so much as I felt for Lee in that situation. Yeah. His brother had had his, you know, that that had already happened to him, and there wasn't much well, you you could do to feel about anything about it. I don't think.
1: Also, and it sets the time for a number of decisions for the game. It's a breaking down of Lee's own emotion, like yeah. you know, if if you could, I mean, some of us maybe have brothers and sisters here, and you know, God forbid this never happens, but if you can put yourself in a position where okay, all these people you could say are just hucks of meat now that are out to kill you. But ultimately there is some remembrance of somebody still there. I mean, it's your emotional, it's, you know, you chopping off the head of your brother is merely an emotional thing to Lee. It's not, you know, the, the, the act of chopping the head is, is, is nothing. It's the fact that you've done it, you've broken down that emotional barrier that really anything now mm. is possible because you've, you know, you've killed, ultimately killed a family member.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. If this ever happens to my siblings, I'm taking them out. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's just have Um, that on record. (laughs) (laughs) Just a future record.
0: All right, and that's where this episode is going to end. Thanks for listening, and we'll pick the rest up back later in the week. And, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that one.